Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. This is an episode dedicated to the male midlife crisis. Dane here is an internationally renowned author, speaker, and facilitator of consciousness and change. For over 20 years, he has been inviting people to embrace their true greatness, people from every age, culture, and country. In his talks and workshops, he provides step-by-step energetic processes to get people out of the answers, conclusions, and judgments that are keeping them stuck in a cycle of no choice and no change leading them into moments of awe that have the power to change anything. In this empowering episode, we discuss the male midlife crisis, the hidden messages from toxic masculinity, the return of the gentleman, tools for transformation at any age, and how to thrive after falling apart. Originally trained as a chiropractor, Dane has developed a unique approach to healing by facilitating people to tap into and recognize their own abilities and knowing, always reminding them that they don't have to look outside of themselves for what they are seeking, to live without apology, with total presence, no longer needing to hide their differences and unique capacities from the world. Today, Dane is acknowledged worldwide for his unique perspectives on consciousness and personal transformation. He is the co-creator of Access Consciousness and also known for his unique energetic transformation process called the Energetic Synthesis of Being. This is a truly powerful episode on rewriting the script for a magical second act. No Ferrari required. Well, I am so excited to have Dr. Dane here on the show. Um, You've previously written for some articles on rescue and your work with access consciousness is really intriguing and wonderful. We're going to deep dive into that. But today I have asked you to be the spokesperson for an elusive subject that uh, I think a lot of uh, our listeners, both men and women, will be curious about. And that is the male midlife crisis. Oh, the joy. <laughs> well, I know you've had one. So I feel like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I feel you're uniquely qualified to have this conversation with me. Um, but let's maybe we could start with a little bit about your background and and the work that you do in the transformation space, because your path to where you are now was not an easy path. In fact, you had considered unaliving yourself at one point. Yes. I like your term for that, unaliving yourself. Mm. (laughs) What's funny is I wanted to unalive myself because my living was so unalive already. I thought, okay, this can only get easier from here. But um, I had an interesting childhood. I grew up and I grew up in a very poor section of Los Angeles. And I was in the ghetto living there and uh, it was very interesting because the entire theme of my family's reality was lack. And I grew up with that. I grew up with a lot of abuse, physical, sexual, uh, emotional abuse uh, constantly. And um, from certain members of the different families. And it's interesting because part of that 
left me with this nagging sense of wrongness my whole life. And, and so I got to a place where I was doing a lot of spiritual searching in my late twenties and was trying to find, I knew there had to be something else. My entire point of view was if there isn't something else, why am I here? And yet, even in the middle of abuse, when I was a kid, in the middle of having my body quite literally being beaten by people with belts, I remember thinking it doesn't have to be this way. There is something else possible. And so um, fast forward to my late 20s, where I wasn't particularly great at anything. I did pretty well in school. I, you know, I was living my life. And I started on this spiritual search, which started opening my eyes to the idea that there were reasons for what happened, but there were also all kinds of other possibilities beyond it. And so what I would do is I'd go to a seminar and I'd be like, oh, yay. By the end of the seminar, I was like, I found the answer. Yay, I'm finally happy. And I wasn't asking for much, you know, I was asking to be happy and have more ease in relationships and with money, you know, I wasn't asking for much. And by Wednesday of the following week, it felt like the whole universe came into my head again, and I was in the same place I was before the weekend. Well, I went to seminar after seminar after seminar after seminar. And I and think that this can be quite the path for anyone who's seeking spiritual enlightenment. You know, we're almost looking for the bypass that's going to um, save us from our pain. So we'll grab onto any concept, any quote, any guru that could potentially help us bypass this extreme discomfort. Would you agree? Well, I would. And and within that, there's a truth with a lie attached in that those of us that are seekers, and not everybody is, <laughs> you know that if you make you tell your latest discovery to somebody who shuts you down for it, they're not a seeker, they're not interested, you're now crazy. Um, but for those of us that are seekers, we do this because we know there is something else possible. That's the truth. The lie that gets attached to that is it comes in the answer of someone outside of us. Yes, and I totally agree. I think that that's that part of it, that nuance is the most important thing to kind of remember in the back of your head. Truly. And the one thing that will stick us the most, you see, it's one thing, what's true always makes you lighter. This is a great tool to use anywhere in your life. What's true for you will always make you lighter. What's a lie for you will always make you heavier. And so if it makes you lighter, it's true. If it makes you heavier, it's a lie. But what confuses us is when we have something that's true, there is something else possible, but then we attach the lie to it. Oh, it comes from this source outside of me. And so that's, that's where I was. And I was looking for anything outside of me, except at the same time, I was also willing to do the work. It wasn't like I was going there and saying, hey, fix me. I was going, hey, what do you have that will fix me? <laughs> slightly, slightly different, you know. Because so you were willing to participate in the, you know, the navigation, the healing, the up-leveling. Yeah, I was willing to participate. But what I found was what I was doing, what the tools I was being given didn't work in the trenches of life. Mm. They worked great when you were around a bunch of people who were, also having a similar experience and what you were exploring, they were wonderful. And it was like, yay, but that's not where we live. You know, we live in the middle of our lives where we have jobs, we have careers, we have kids, we have the stuff. And so I got to a point where, and it literally was on a Wednesday after going to yet another weekend workshop where I thought I had found the answer. 
and the universe caved in on my head and I felt so insecure, so pathetic. Like I can't even do this right. I can't do anything right. I can't, I was a chiropractor. I had my second practice. I was in this relationship. Everybody outside of me said was perfect for me. And I just couldn't make any of it work well enough. And I said, universe, you got six months, either my life changes or I'm out of here. And had I known, I would have said, I'll be unaliving myself in six months. Okay. <laughs> and so I planned a date to end my life. And I, I thought, you ever do this thing where you're going along, kind of playing your role, whatever, doing the best that you can. And then there's a certain point which you've just friggin' had enough. And that's what I had. And I thought in making that demand, I thought I was going to get to get out because I was like, hey, universe, I did. I did my part. You have not fulfilled on the bargain. And and within that, I was like, and I don't think you ever will. So F you, bye-bye. And a week later, I had come across this ad for something called Access Consciousness. And it said, Access, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Call Shannon. And I was like, kill Shannon. You know how um, when you're in certain times of life, that which will most contribute to you, you resist the most? Yeah. Well, that was me. And so... I ended up calling her though, because I hated it so much. And I learned that if you love it or hate it, there's something in it for you. I ended up calling her and she was like talking to a happy marshmallow. And I just, just talking to her, I was like, ah, oh, I already feel better. This is great. So I went and I had a session. I walked into the session, depressed and suicidal, ready to end my life and planning on ending my life. Can I ask you how old you were at this point? Yeah, I was 30. Okay. And that better not be my midlife, darn it. I figured I shouldn't even be talking about midlife crisis until I'm like 100 or 200, you know? I got a lot, You're on a the lot right of stuff show. to do. You are on the right show. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, midlife crisis? I'm barely a teenager. Hello? So I had a session and it went for an, about an hour and 15 minutes. And I literally, I went into it depressed and suicidal, ready to end my life. And I came out of it with an inner and outer peace and gratitude and joy for being alive. And I didn't realize it, but what I was really looking for was joy. I didn't even think to ask for that. That was so far out of my realm of what I thought I could even ask for. I just wanted to feel a bit better and have some more ease in these areas. And it was so pervasive in such a short amount of time. I was like, that's the change I always knew should be possible. This is this, this right here. And so I went, I was like, if this is possible, I'm in, I want to play, let's go. So I started doing access consciousness and learning the tools. And, and I'll tell you it, that's the thing is, is what I said about, we all know something else is possible. And yet we'll go to people who appear or pretend or something to have a bigger perspective, a bigger universe. And we'll do what they talk about. But even within that, we tend to go, wait a minute, this is still too small. But instead of looking at it and going, this is too small for me, we go, oh, I must be wrong. I can't get this right. And no, it's just nothing has been big enough to acknowledge the being that you are. And so what I do and, and my desire and what all of Access Consciousness is about is empowering people to know that they know, to know that what you require is actually within you. And if I can ask you the right question, you will know where to go. And then it's just your choice whether you choose to go there or not. So 
let's fast forward into the realms of what you know current society considers middle age so you know that life expectancy has certainly increased with science and medicine and evolution and but we are seeing a phenomena of you know we talk a lot about women on my show so this one's like dedicated to the boys um that 40 45 50 that that moment perhaps that you experienced in your 30s where the you know life catches up with you disappointments catch up with you a significant event triggers that questioning of who am I where am I going why is this all that I am um, you must see a lot of people in your clinical work but I'd love for you to share with me I guess from a scientific perspective why you know, this timing seems to be significant and what are some of the catalysts that can, you know, trigger this moment of like, there has to be more. Yeah, well, I, so let's, let me start here and see where else we go. But it's, it's, there's this idea that we're all sold that if you just do this and this and this and you do it right and you do it better than anybody else, then you'll be successful. Except most people are never asked what is success for you and how do we help you get there? There, There's this idea in society and our families and whatever we interact with of what success is supposed to be. And my sense is the people that get to the midlife crisis point, point in their lives are people who truly desire something different than the norm. And most of them, here, here's the funny part. You know, we there's this idea of the revolution of rising expectations, which is if you're downtrodden continuously, you never know the difference. But if you get a little bit of yumminess, you know, you get a little bit of freedom, that's when you that's when you revolt. And my sense is what happens is the people that are going through this, they get almost or all of everything that they were told would make them happy and successful. Yeah. And they wake up one day and go, is this all there is? Are you kidding me? And like, what, this does not fulfill. And, and it's only and what is, is sad and ironic and also a little funny if you're willing to have a sense of humor about it is they never looked at that for 50 years. They just bought the lie. They bought the story if you just do this and this and this and do it well, you're going to be successful. And what they don't realize is they've never asked, you know, we talk about what success is, but for most people, and most people don't realize it. So I'm going to say this and a lot of people will get it. A lot of people won't, but for most people, success is being happy, being That's happy. What I was what about to say. So you just to pick up on a word that you said about what you were seeking. And when you had that session with access consciousness for the first time, the feeling was joy and I guess with you know part of the the negative side of the midlife crisis that everyone talks about is this you know running headways towards dopamine so you know you you see the affair you see you know someone like completely um change the way that they look the people that they hang out with their their behavior and patterns but really it's I think what you're saying is that, you know, it's it's a running towards joy and away from the confines and the Kool-Aid 
that you know you've been drinking for the 45 50 years and suddenly you have a little inkling that there could be more and you want to go head way into it yeah and well and the other part of that that goes right along with that is people want to finally make a choice for themselves Uh, you know if you look at the affair for example it's like you know you have somebody who's been married for 15 20 30 years and their entire life has been us and when you're in a relationship like that every choice you make down to the you know the mixer you put in your drink or the food you eat so involves your relationship somehow <laughs> like every friggin choice and it's and it and so you know people haven't unfortunately we we've been so poorly educated on on our capacities for choice and and how to actually create and actualize what we would like, let alone get in touch with what that is. So what most people do is they do basically a teenage reaction. Sorry, I've got my white peacock out there. I have a white <laughs> peacock who do. has adopted me in my backyard. <laughs> and he always comes up when I'm on Zooms. He's like, how you doing? I named him Zazzle. He's beautiful. You should see him. Um, he's one of the things that brings me joy currently. Let's put it that way. But what a lot of people do is is they they have that teenage reaction of you're not the boss of me, I'm going to go over here and and for a if you look at if we're talking about men here, for a man, what so often goes on, what so often is behind this, is they go off with a younger woman or a, a, any woman that's a different woman. It's like getting away from their mom, getting away from the thing that has turned into the source of everything that's wrong with them and everything they cannot be. And here's the thing, there's, this has very little grounding in reality. In other words, yeah, you could see where uh, a husband and wife, one might be controlling of the other and the other one resents it, et cetera. But, but what this is, this is going on in the man's mind, whether he knows it or not, he sees somebody and, and the funny part is, if he would realize that he had the same thing with his wife when they first met, but the way we create relationship here is by building walls of judgment that separate us. Unfortunately, that's a whole other topic we could get into. <laughs> but he looks and he sees somebody, finds her attractive. He actually finds somebody attractive. Whoa, wait a minute. I actually, whoa, hey, where'd you come from? Okay. That's number one, which is, which, and if you're not watching the video, you'll, I hope you understood what I just looked at. Okay. And so that comes alive. So he feels alive. And also, you know how, when you meet somebody new, number one, it's new. And so it's exciting, but also you don't have a relationship with them. So you don't have to be all the things that you're judging yourself for not being well enough in your current relationship. And when two people see each other, meet each other for the first time, it's like, it's, you, you talk about going for the dopamine, whoo, baby, there's a lot of dopamine going on, but also it's like, it, it's such, and, and here's the thing that I think if people could get this, one of the most seductive things in the world is when somebody sees you with no judgment. Yes. And that's what they're looking for is to get out of the judgment that and here's the other part is they're looking to get out of the judgment that they believe or are projecting that their wife or their partner has of them but it's actually the judgment they have of themselves because if they didn't have the judgment of themselves somebody else could have the judgment it doesn't matter so they're trying to get away from something 
but they're the something they're trying to get away from which is the old nobody thing ever tells you always us. take the weather with you like you can yep you can you know w- jump into other things buy new clothes buy a fast car go on a great holiday but ultimately you're in the car you're with the girl <laughs> you're on the holiday it's the same same um, broken pieces same unanswered yep. questions same um, you know traumas that haven't been looked at that and and that dopamine you're talking about is a is a very seductive mistress yeah and mighty drug mighty mighty drug (laughs) it truly is and and it makes and so what it does especially for somebody who who isn't really necessarily very versed in uh self-awareness let's say what it does it goes oh this must be better it feels better and so they explore that and they explore that and yet at the same time the other thing that grows dynamically at the same time is their guilt about doing it mm-hmm. so there's this massive guilt monster that starts to live with them and now whereas before there there were there bleh, easy for me to say pardon me my ADHD is kicking in big time right now now whereas they would have had a, a they start creating even more separation in their relationship is what starts to happen as a function of the guilt. And also they have the idea that if I connect with my partner, they're gonna find out what I'm doing. And so here we are in, and this is not just about cheating on someone. Yeah. This is in anything that you choose, you anything that you choose that your partner has not been included in, in the way that you both have decided you should both be included in each other's choices. So that's in the context of being in a relationship. I guess the thing that I'm hearing you say is that the midlife crisis or that epiphany of that there is more, which generally rises somewhere around midlife, um, is this invitation for change. And it's this opportunity to be seen for who you are or who you want to be. And it's that opportunity to pivot out of, you know, the staleness, the mediocrity, the um, the mundane that perhaps you find yourself in. And there's this, you know, this window and this opportunity to kind of rush towards the best version of yourself. So I'm, I'm curious as to how we might be able to navigate this without blowing ourselves up and without blowing up relationships and without blowing up careers and families and, you know, going to jail and starting to wear white pants with rips in them when you're like, not meant to. <laughs> and I've I seen love all the, <laughs> I love all the things you put together there because all of those should be avoided if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps most of which the white pants with rips in them, but that's a story <laughs> for another time. Correct, correct, <laughs> correct. It is so a this is really a public... So yeah, if, you, a- if your husband or boyfriend starts wearing white jeans with the rips in them, you are in trouble. The midlife <laughs> crisis cometh. You're like, well, just wait for it. Wait for it. Um, that should be probably on the on the diagnostic manual for midlife crisis. Anyway, just a thought. <laughs> so, so actually, how do we get there is you actually said it. This is actually an opportunity to pivot if we're willing to recognize it for what it is. And for me, I'm a big fan of asking questions because I find a question always opens up another doorway of possibilities. 
And so something like as simple as what else is possible here that I've never considered? If I were truly creating my life, how would I create it? And if I didn't have to be in resistance to the people in my life to create my life, what would I choose? And and something also as simple as what else is possible can can change the perspective of everything. It's just what we've been conditioned to do is go into conclusion about what's going on, about how wrong it is, and then try to come up with a better conclusion to get out of it. Now we've got two sets of conclusions that we're living with that don't help anybody. A question truly is like, if you could, you know, lower your walls and barriers and go, what else is truly possible here that I've never considered? What do I know about what's possible that nobody else does? And if I choose that, are my relationships and my connections and my life going to get greater or lesser? And we know. And so I, I wish I could, you know, a lot of people are like, here, write down this list. These are the things you must do. I was going to ask you, I said, oh, do you have a list? Do you have a toolbox? Do you have like some journal starters or, you know, um, yeah. YouTube things we can watch? Well, we could. Oh, I got a ton of YouTube things. I've also wrote a book called Return of the Gentleman that 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 addresses this from a totally different perspective. And it was from conversations with gentlemen and, and the conversations that I was able to have that are way different than most men are having right now. That's a dynamic resource. But this is the thing is, is we we keep wanting a 10 step checklist to try to to try to find out what's true for us rather than be in the question, because the only way you're going to, you can't, you, you can do a, a certain amount of finding out what's true for you from sit here, write this down or sit here and be present with this, ask these questions or whatever, mm. but you find out what's true for you as you live your life. But this, the, so I'm going to stop you there. This, if you find out what's true for you and you're living your life and your impulses are driving you, to explode your life as it is because you're seeking, you know, the, the new or the real version of yourself. It's hard to catch that dopamine train. It really is. I've seen it with, you know, with gentlemen and with not so gentlemen. And it you, you see this unraveling happening. And so while you're kind of on the field, it's really hard to think strategy. True story. Well put. And, but I have to, I have to make a caveat there, which is that finding out what is true for you and functioning and living from what is true for you, it doesn't do the explosion of everyone and everything around you. That's a lie that we've also bought, which is why I say asking the questions and being earnest in your request starts to present to you a different space of functioning. And, and the thing is, so we, we can either function from the contraction, which is resisting this, resisting our partner, resisting our lives, resisting our job, blah, 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 blah. Or we can start to recognize that we chose all of this. We chose it. So when you take we personal responsibility, it. does that change the trajectory of the inner dialogue? Well, it's the beginning, mm -hmm. but it's it's not even, even when people say personal responsibility, that's got a judgment attached in most totally. people's world. Absolutely. Like, 
you know, and it's like, yeah. I'm taking responsibility, meaning I know everything I screwed up. Okay. <laughs> so no, recognize that you chose this. No right, no wrong. You just chose it. So you want to, okay, you want to list, I'll, I'll give you a list of a few things. Okay. Write down everything in your life that is working for you right now. Okay. Then write down everything in your life that isn't working for you right now. Do you suggest we do these lists before we run off in an affair or, you know? Yeah, that would probably be a better time. The fast car. <laughs> it would probably be a better time before you spend your life savings on a fast car and a uh, an affair. Yes. <laughs> and okay. definitely before you buy those damn white jeans with holes in them. Okay. Okay. So write down everything from your point of view, everything that is working in your life. Okay. And take a moment to be grateful for each thing. Just to, you don't have to sit and, you know, mm, I'm grateful. You could, but just take a moment and be grateful for it. Just acknowledge it. Be like, wow, cool. I chose that. I chose that. I chose that. And acknowledge you chose all of those. Okay. Then take a list, write a list of everything that's not working in your life. And you want to look and go, okay, I chose those two, but what if I'm not wrong? What if I'm not wrong for choosing this? And then ask this question, what is right about this I'm not getting? Okay? okay? Because we don't choose these things as blindly as we think we do. We're actually a lot of times choosing greater than we think. But when it comes time to midlife crisis, the only thing we're willing to do is judge us for everything we've ever chosen. Mm. Or if you get to the place where I was, where I was going to end my life, everything in my life, like the, the lamp that I chose for my room and my chiropractic table and the tiny little office I was, those are, yeah, I hate those. Why? Because I chose them. So I wasn't really looking from gratitude for anything I'd chosen. The only thing I was willing to see is what was wrong. And in the case of a midlife crisis, what you're trying to do is undo everything you've decided is wrong about you and wrong about your choices by making different choices th that are not really different because they'll turn out usually in the exact same way in the future. So you're not changing your chooser at all. And then what we need to do is start to change our chooser. And so having gratitude for these things that you've chosen, that you created, that you do like, that you're, um, you know, that's working for you, having gratitude for you for having chosen and stuck with all the things that don't work and ask what's right about this I'm not getting and what's right about me I'm not getting. And then the other thing you want to do on that entire list of things that don't work for you, you want to ask yourself, who am I being and who did I buy this from? Oh, because, what a question. Right? Oof. Those Those are big. And write it down next to that thing. And then ask yourself, if I gave this up, if I change this, number one, okay, if I, I'm trying to think of which one to do first. If I change this, what would my life be like? Not look like, not smell like, because you can't see it. You can only perceive it. If I change this, what would my life be like? Be with it for a second. Just get the sense of it. Because like, let's say, oh, all these money problems. And you're like, wait, okay. So um, who did I buy those from? Oh, mom and dad. Holy crap. I'm doing mom and dad. Oh my God. That's exactly the same energy dad had when he was having a problem with mom. Oh, oh Jesus. Then you realize, oh shit, I'm being my dad. Okay. No bummer. Okay. But then you go, if I changed it, 
what would my life be like? And you get a sense just even for a, a moment, a nanosecond of space around money. And you realize you wouldn't know how to define that because we're doing this primarily. The reason we create what doesn't work for us is number one, we plagiarized other people's realities. Okay. Dynamically. So we've taken theirs as ours and we're now living it and it's not working. And remember what's true for us always makes us lighter. So this side of what's working in our lives are actually where we chose as us for us and for our future. Wow. All the things that are not working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the things that are not working are all the things that we plagiarize from others that we assumed would do us well because they said it would, or because that that was the only choice we saw. Mm. And so by going through this and then you go, okay, if I let this go, if I change this, what would my life be like and be with it for a second and then get the sense of it and go, okay, I'm asking for that. Hey, universe, consciousness, God, whatever plant people, whatever the heck it is for you that you like acknowledge. I'm invoking everyone at this point. Everyone's in on the team. They're all coming in. (laughs) Totally. Yes. Anyone and anything that will contribute. I'm in. And also though, you have to go look. I'm willing to change anything. Mm. I'm willing to gain anything. I'm willing to gain anyone. I'm willing to lose anything. I'm willing to lose anyone. And that's the part that sticks us. Yeah. I'm willing to lose anything is challenging, but I'm willing to lose anyone we will not have. Mm. Because we will not have that, what happens is we must maintain our, our solid points of view that we are using to relate to another person Whereas instead, if here's the husband and here's the wife. And so if instead we were willing to go, hey, you know what? I am willing to lose you if that creates greater for both of us. What we do in that moment, and this is so true, and we've heard it before, but we don't really believe it. In order to have everything, you need to be willing to lose everything. Yeah. We misinterpret that to mean in order to have everything, you must get rid of everything. Or blow up everything. (laughs) Yeah, you got to blow it up. And that's what these people are doing to try to have something different. They're trying to blow up what is. No, we've got to be willing to let it go and let it flow and let it fly. And in people where I've had this conversation, almost 98% of them, their relationship has actually gotten greater. For the other 2%, they separated because it was never never creating greater in the first place. That's the wow. beginning of a, of a different path through this through the situation. Well, I, I absolutely love this conversation and I feel like it's the tip of the iceberg. In terms of, um, you know, what we were talking about before is that that knowing the possibilities of change and particularly, you know, given your background and you explained like your really traumatic childhood, is is it possible that, you know, if that stuff has been repressed or you've just, you know, bounded through all of other life's um, complications and then you find yourself kind of waking up to uh, the trauma and the uh, abuse, that is, is the midlife crisis an opportunity to kind of go back and clear the decks so that, you know, the next half or the next third or whatever life expectancy you're going to have? is is free from that mental loop and and that um i don't know how, what you called it before um the script that we buy from other people yeah that's exactly what it is that's the invitation mm. that is on order mm. and 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 if we'll approach it from that perspective 
we can actually have a sense of gratitude for it because on the one hand, we can look at it as showing us everything that we have chosen that isn't what we would truly like to choose. And we're young enough to do something different. How did we get so lucky that we're not getting to this at 80? You know, mm. I'm so grateful I got to it at 30. And and the thing is about changing it is it's going to be a work in progress. And if you take the invitation, what you can have in the next year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years mm. is beyond anything you could imagine, anything you can predict, anything you would expect, because it's where we truly get in touch with what's true for us. And if we do that, our relationships get greater, money gets easier. We like ourselves a lot more. We have a lot more fun. Like everything starts to fall into place. The reason so much doesn't fall into place for people is because they started out at moment one, picking up on plagiarizing, if you will, plagiarizing. mommies and daddies' realities, mm. and then friends, and then teachers, and then as though somebody else outside of me has an answer that's better than mine. And we can undo it. I, I help people undo it all the time. And it's so glorious when somebody gets that they can and their their whole their whole um, connection with reality changes. Well, I, that was absolutely wonderful. And I love that we've now reframed the midlife crisis as a gift and as an invitation to um, have a look at, you know, what your soul is calling you to do, really. And um I definitely want to have you back on the show. We have so much to talk about. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful to sit down with you. Thank you for making time, Dane. Thank you, Bahar. Truly my pleasure. And I'm going to share the links to Access Consciousness as well. Um, and uh, I'm going to go buy that book. Thank you again. Lovely to have you on the show. Thanks. Do not fear the midlife crisis. It's an invitation yes. for profound change and the next best part of your life. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 